sake, let's take a minute and give it up for podcasts. Am I right? Um, no, but seriously, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's literally the easiest way to make podcasts. So let me explain. One, it's free. Two, it literally gives you all the tools you need in order to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, which is amazing. Um, also, the best part, in my opinion, is that it'll distribute your podcast for you. So you can hear it on like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, literally anywhere you listen to podcasts. Pretty amazing, and you literally have to do nothing. The other thing is, you can make money from your podcast. There's no like minimum listenership required, so that's kind of cool. Um, But yeah, seriously, if you're like into podcasts and thinking about making one, I would check it out because it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Um, So yeah, go ahead, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What are you waiting for? Hello and welcome. I'm Victoria. And I'm Serena. And together, we're Femme Noir. This podcast is all about women, specifically in film. We're going to review and analyze movies that are written by, directed by, or starring women. And we can't wait for you to join us. Tune in wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, Welcome to this week's episode of Feminine Podcast. We're going to start things off a little differently because the Oscars just happened um, this past weekend and um, we're recording this after the Oscars. So we're going to kind of talk a little bit about um, like the winners and and nominations and stuff. Um, I wanted to read a couple of tweets. So the movie we're going to be talking about is Coda, which was the Best Picture winner. Um, and I follow a couple of people that uh, do movie stats and like there are a lot of people that can correctly predict like what movies are going to win based on uh the way they trend in festivals and and just their like history of wins and all that kind of stuff so a lot of people that got that i followed that said oh i got 21 out of 23 predictions right and and a lot of that stuff um but i wanted to read some of these stats i thought were interesting um because this was a really weird oscars and a guy that i followed yeah it was really weird yeah, from um, Next, Best Pi- Next Best Picture podcast, he posts a lot, and he was saying um, it was really, really unexpected and unprecedented, some of these wins. So, um, Coda's Best Picture win broke a lot of Oscar stats. Um, oh, yeah. The first, it was the first film to win Best Picture with three or less nominations since 1932. So every single Best Picture winner had four or more nominations since 1932. The first film to win Best Picture without directing and editing nominations since 1932. Whoa. Isn't that crazy? Interesting. Um... There are a couple others that are really obscure. So there's, it's the first film to win Best Picture that didn't premiere at any film festivals um, since 2006. The first film to win Best Picture as a remake of a non-English film since 2006. Um, but I thought this one was really interesting. It's the first film to win Best Picture that was a Sundance Film Festival premiere. So no other yeah, movie in history. One. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah, and, like, everyone's like, yeah, this is, like, an incredible win for independent film. Like, yeah. just in general. Because, like, it was Apple TV that was, yeah. like, 
the producers that bought it. They're yeah. like the pro- yeah. Distributed, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the distributors or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Which is like again, not not heard of. Yeah, there were a lot of people that were thrown off. I was just following people like through. I don't watch every single award show because there's actually like a fuck ton. I didn't realize there's a lot. Yeah. There's so <laughs> many award shows. But people were predicting that Coda wouldn't win Best Picture because it missed um, a BAFTA Best Film nomination and um, a DGA nomination. And that's the first and time it it's happened in years. And it lost Lost Daughter, right? Oh, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lost so. Daughter was sweeping. And then, yeah, Oscars so came around and then nothing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then one I wanted to mention... Oh, there's actually a lot. I'll, I'll see if any of these other ones are um, really relevant. But another one I wanted to mention was prior to this year. So this is posted before the Oscars. Um, he did an episode about how um, the only film ever at the Oscars to win Best Director and nothing else was The Graduate, 1967. That <laughs> record was broken this year by Power of the Dog. It won yeah, Best by, Director by and Campion. nothing else. <laughs> Which is so crazy. What? That's so crazy. I would, yeah, I'm, I'm still a little surprised it didn't win something else. Like, Oh, uh, I'm mourning it, bro. That was the best movie ever. But I haven't like, seen I thought at my least, yet. like, screenplay maybe, you know? Oh, like, dude. I thought so, too. I saw tweets that were like, um, Oscars broke history by... Uh, Awarding the two worst screenplays of the year. <laughs> wait, wait, which one's one? I forgot. It was Belfast. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, and let me see. <laughs> and wasn't it Coda? Adapted um, screenplay? No, I think it was... Let me see. Oh, was it Drive My Car? No, that one, Best Foreign Language. Oh, yeah. I think I wanted it to win adapted screenplay. Was it not Coda? How come there's no? Didn't they win something? Else? They did win. They did. They won Oscar best supporting actor. Oh, best adapted. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> so it was some Coda hater that made that post. But honestly, that's so true. Like a bunch against the nominees: Coda, Lost Daughter, Dune, Drive My Car, Power the Dog. Are you out of your mind? Coda? What? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Like, it was a good overall movie, I guess. And and we'll talk about it. But, like, screenplay? Literally up against those four, you have got to be out of your fucking mind. Like, maybe the first script was just significantly horrible. (laughs) (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like, maybe it just was that bad. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, I wouldn't even be shocked if Lost Daughter won. Like, I wasn't the biggest fan of that movie, but if that one won, I'd be like, okay, I knew that there was something. Yeah, I would have been like, at least, like, okay. Dude, what the? Dang. I don't know. I did, yeah. And then I did like Coda, but um, that was just crazy. Not best screen. I was just screen. I was surprised. I was kind of shocked. I was like, interesting. That's so crazy. Interesting. Um, oh, the only other thing I wanted to mention is that, um, someone was saying, um, that the problem with the Oscars today is that it's not 
that because you know back in the day blockbusters used to make it to the oscars all the time really mm-hmm. really really well-funded movies would make it to the oscars very easily and he said that the problem with oscar state is not that blockbusters used to be oscar winners but oscar movies used to be blockbusters so it's not that people yeah. were just saying oh this movie has a lot of money we'll give it an oscar but people used to want to fund oscar type movies but they don't anymore if you look at the movies that are being nominated very very like you like you said earlier independent like streamers (laughs) yeah low 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 budget movies are now air quotes oscar movies which is just like such a huge turn of the industry i thought that was so fascinating someone said that yeah i think it's like super interesting because like i mean especially with uh like covid most people stream things before they can go to the theaters to see them yeah like not only is it cheaper but it's also way more like available mm-hmm. <laughs> so you can watch it like on your phone on your computer like if you don't have a tv you can still watch it mm-hmm. you know and yeah it's just like far more accessible than going to a theater well not not that for a lot of people not that just crazy the, not that they were grossing a lot but that they were being funded a lot does that make sense so yeah. it's like, yeah, not like, oh, they were making a lot of money, but studios were like, oh, we see this this Oscar, air quotes, Oscar type script. We'll give it f- however much money, $300 million. But now it's like those kinds of movies aren't getting a lot of funding. Yeah, Someone said crazy. 43 years ago, Kramer versus Kramer was not only an acclaimed Best Picture winner, was the top grossing movie of its year, $173 million. Well, I guess I just said it's not about grossing, but someone said today an equivalent Oscar favorite like Marriage Story was dumped on Netflix. And I just thought that was really interesting because I do know that Marriage Story and like the Irishman and all that kind of stuff, those movies, yeah. $200 million and Netflix movies put on Netflix. And it's just like... Well, because I want to say the year anything. before those two movies, not the year before, there was a movie that was a while ago... Um, it wasn't that long ago. I want to say it was <laughs> the same year as, uh, like, Call Me By Your Name. 2017? Oh, 2018. Yeah. Um, there was an Amazon Originals movie that ended up making it, and it was the only one. And that was kind of, like, the start of, like, streaming platforms having their, like, originals actually, like, get acclaim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, God, what was that movie? But yeah, like it was in the nominations. I don't remember how well it did, but I think it did like fairly well. Yeah, it just sucks that like the only movies that they'll throw money at are like Marvel superhero, those kinds yeah, of things. Crazy. Those are the and only maybe, things they want to give money to. Maybe the fact that Spider Man got literally nothing will maybe change it. <laughs> what? Maybe the fact that Spider Man literally got nothing. <laughs> Dude, I doubt it. <laughs> They're not going for Oscars. They're going for world domination, bro. They're going for giving people brain worms and it's working. But maybe they'll change it. Like, maybe they'll change their formula just to be like, oh, maybe we should, like, appeal to these Oscar people, too. Yeah, it kind of goes hand in hand with what we were talking about. Because I think that's what they tried to do with, uh, what's it called? Eternals. Yeah. And I'd be so down for that route because then maybe we could get more stuff like Batman. The more like indie vibe, oh, but like actually people watch and it's good. I know, honestly, I don't like. Even I know. just that's what I want. I want, I want that. I want things to be made like how Batman was. 
things. Yeah, because we were talking about we were talking before about like what is going to change to make people go back to the theaters. It's like what is going to change to make studios want to fund things that aren't franchises. Like a studio is never going to give an independent idea over a hundred mil ever again. You know what I mean? It's like that's over. But it's like imagine how yeah, like good Coda could have so been. It depends on like what ends up happening. Like it, yeah. Like make that happen. I exactly. Just don't know, like, what it would be. Like Coda would have been amazing if it didn't have a Disney Channel budget. Like and and like all those movies, like Lost Daughter would have been amazing if they didn't. You know what I mean? It's like all these mm. like f- movies are forced to just like make do, and that's they. It's like, it is a cycle. It's just crazy. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I wanted to mention. Okay, so now we can talk about... Well, I guess speaking of other Oscar wins, we got... Is it Shine? Sean? Sean Hader? Oh, the director? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, best picture. Best director, Jane Campion. Um, the first black queer uh supporting actress to win the role ever from west side story she's afro-latina oh yeah openly queer and yeah she's the first one ever that's awesome like category to get an oscar (laughs) good for her i didn't know that assuming will smith keeps his oscar he would be the (laughs) fifth black person in history to actually win an oscar i saw that yeah (laughs) and i was like that's that is crazy yeah. Honestly, I feel like it'd be kind of dumb if they took away his Oscar, but that's just. I think it's because, fine. Like, <laughs> I think they should let him keep it. <laughs> I know. I'm like, why would they take it away? Like, if they're gonna take yeah. his Oscar away for slapping someone, then they need to take like John Wayne's Oscars away. That's they what I'm take saying. Yeah. Harvey Weinstein's <laughs> Oscars exactly. away. Like, I'm sorry. I exactly. honestly feel like this whole Will Smith thing is being blown out of proportion. Me too. Because it's about black people. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like yeah. I'm sorry if like Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly were being made fun of on stage by like I don't know Jimmy Fallon and Machine Gun Kelly went and smacked Jimmy Fallon like yeah it would be funny and we'd be talking that would about be it so but I don't think actually. anybody would be making like this much of a deal out of it you know what though like I they wouldn't like- be like take away Machine Gun Kelly's Oscar because <laughs> you know why people don't like Machine Gun Kelly so <laughs> that's the difference. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I was I don't just know. like, but like people yeah. also love Megan Fox, and I feel like That's a true. lot of the like hatred for the like he shouldn't have done that is because they also just hate Jada Pinkett Smith. Yeah, <laughs> because like, nobody mm-hmm. stands up for black women ever. So I was like, dang, mm-hmm. honestly, I'm kind of glad that like that's the first time I've ever seen that ever. Like someone actually oh, like standing up for a black yeah. woman, like yeah. just in general. Like mm-hmm. if he had even just said something, was like, hey. That joke's messed up. Like, that would have been the first time <laughs> ever I've seen anyone stand up for, like, a black woman and, like, just take their side and support them. So, mm-hmm. like, if this is how it is, okay. I honestly yeah. don't care. Yeah, me either. <laughs> like, come on. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> as a black woman myself, like, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> support me. The hell? Period. Yeah. Period. I think that they should just, um, instead of, like, sitting and eating and telling jokes they should just like have them fight for a couple hours like every just throw them all into the ring and they just like duke it out and then whoever wins gets the oscar 
I know, right? I was I also like, like the significance of the fact that like he slapped him is also kind of low key cultural because like, I'm sorry, but like it's kind of like a thing in like black culture to just be like, boy, you keep talking mad shit, I'm gonna pop you in the mouth. It's literally just what happened. All right, like that's literally a f- like a phrase that we throw around <laughs> because like. Oh, guess what? You say something, you talk back to your mama, she's going to smack you in the mouth. So <laughs> I was like, honestly, as soon as it ended, I was like, that's that. Like, I thought everyone was just going to go on. Like, I don't know why. And probably because it's just so culturally, culturally ingrained. I was like, yeah, once you get smacked, you shut up and you just move on. Like, you know what you did. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, people are going to like make a thing out of it. Interesting. <laughs> I thought it was over. <laughs> I thought it was over too. To me, it's over. I have moved on. Yeah, I'm like I'm done with it. Like mm-hmm. I don't care about everyone else. Me too. I'm like, just I don't care sad about, about anybody that's saying anything of it. Me either. I'm like, why people got so much to say? Didn't <laughs> did you not get the memo? The memo was to shut up. <laughs> like, do I need to come up and smack all y'all too? <laughs> yes, actually, yeah. Let's go and you do, do our rounds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I don't know. That... <laughs> Wait, how do we start talking about that? I don't even know. I think I just brought it up. But, yeah. Oh, because he was only the fifth black man in history of the Oscars to get an Oscar. Yeah. Which, like, if they take it away, that's also kind of ridiculous. I saw something that said, I can't remember who it was, maybe Halle Berry. She was the first black woman to win Best Actress. And, like, they were passing around her speech at the Oscars. This was, like, 30-something years ago. And she was like, oh, my God, like, the glass ceiling is broken. And, like, you know, we like the doors are open. And, like, today she's the still the only one. Oh, no, she's not the only one. Oh, Lupita. Doesn't Lupita have one? Yeah, she's not the... What was it? Maybe it was Supporting Actress? Let me see. She's, like... She's still the only one. Let me fact check before I spread misinformation. (laughs) The way we've been talking for, like, over 30 minutes, and... We still haven't even talked about our first impressions. I'm screaming. I know. We barely talked about the movie. <laughs> oh, maybe. So hold on. Oh, never mind. Oh, never mind. It's just that nobody has won it in the last 20 years. But that's in the last time. 20 years? Yeah, that's a long-ass time. Yeah, That's, like, the majority of our lifetime. <laughs> so what did Lupita win? I know. I thought she won something for 12 Years a Slave. Wait, she did. It's supporting. Supporting actress. Dang. That's but nobody has won Best Actress in 20 years. Yeah. A black woman. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that actually pisses me off so. Wait, much. so like, what I'm, did what did that girl I'm win? I'm seething. What did that girl? She won supporting actress. Oh, she did. I thought she was the main mm-hmm. character. No. Oh, Jessica Chastain was the Tammy Faye girl. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, that's what I saw. Not ever, because I know that they're... That's definitely not true, but yeah, in the past 20 years. I know, I know. It's so uh, fucked up. Like, I don't yeah. know why I had it in my head that, like... Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Because it's like, movies are getting nominated with black women in it, but they're just not... Yeah. Or not... They're not getting nominated, which is, like, fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Like, literally speechless. Wow. I- <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's okay. We can move on to oh Coda, finally. All right. So, in this episode, we are going to be talking about the <laughs> 2021 film Coda, premiered at Sundance um, last year. Um, as a child of deaf adults... Um, Ruby is the only hearing person in her family. When the family's fishing business is threatened, Ruby finds herself torn between pursuing her love of music and her fear of abandoning her parents. Um, so we'll start off with first impressions, talk a little bit about the movie, um, we'll look at the production production positions that included women, um, rate the movie, and then give you some recommendations. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I definitely heard a lot about this movie it was it's the record breaker it still holds the record for the highest sale at sundance which i think was like 25 million which is a lot (laughs) i think but i think in the moment like when you're at sundance and i heard it got like a standing ovation the whole thing i think people just kind of get like oh my god we need this movie and they'll pay a lot like a lot for this movie um but i heard a lot about it at the time for sure same (laughs) i think honestly i've been following this movie for a while because Mm -hmm. um i had for like like our podcast instagram we follow a lot of like like women directors and um like their projects and stuff and so i think this one came up like through a hashtag and it was recommended like in our feed and i was like oh super cool and then like i looked into it and i was like yo that's a cool premise so i've like we've I've low-key been, like, updated on this movie of, like, just, like, stats just, like, from the beginning. And I was like, this is super cool. Like, we like we follow the director separately from the project. And I was like, this is super interesting. And then, like, yeah. And then I was nominated for a bunch of stuff. And I was like, sick. Like, I still haven't gotten around to seeing it. And then I watched it. And I was like, yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, I had no idea what it was going to be about, which is really funny. Like, I was like... There's so much hype about this movie. I had no idea what it was about until I watched the trailer, which was like five minutes before I watched the movie. <laughs> Do you always watch the trailer before you watch the movie? I yeah, I like to watch oh. the trailers. Okay, that's, that's like cool. one of my favorite parts of going to the movie theater. Oh, that's cool. I like to judge the trailers. I like to compare okay. like the marketing of the movie to the movie. <laughs> totally, yeah. Like I don't know why that's like a thing that I really like to do. Yeah, that's super interesting. Um, this is kind of a sidebar, but they had someone from, I can't even remember, Paramount or something, come talk at my internship, and he's, like, on the marketing team, and he said that one of the things, they asked him, like, what was the hardest movie to market for? You can just cut all this out. I just thought it was interesting. He said he worked on that movie with Kristen Stewart and Mark, not Mark Wahlberg, called The Messengers? No, Sam, Sam Raimi, what's his name? Raimi? Do you know that one? Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that because movie. I saw some of the marketing for it. <laughs> okay, yeah, he said that he hated that movie and it sucked, and he was so nervous to like market it. And he said that he saw an article where, like, ger- like in Germany, 
to get teenagers to like leave the mall or stop loitering they would play like a high-pitched sound to like get them to leave and in in the messengers it's about like how you can't like only the kids can see the ghost or whatever so like part of the trailer they were like okay well, let's play the sound and it's like oh what if this was like the, the thing or whatever and then they like played it back for all the executives and the executives were like okay what what is supposed to be happening there's no sound and they had like two interns in the back they were like oh my god like what is that what does that ring <laughs> and so and it, i guess it was successful he said the movie made back like all the money and the whole thing i just thought that was so interesting that's crazy yeah um <laughs> so yeah i don't that's why i don't trust trailers because <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> you never actually know if it's gonna be good or not that's true yeah you never actually know but that's yeah. like why i love watching trailers because like some of the best trailers i've seen have been for like the worst movies ever and some of the worst trailers I've seen have been for some of the best movies I've ever seen. Yeah, honestly, that's true. And yeah. so I like drive yeah. my car. <laughs> yeah, like that trailer sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So I think so. I definitely knew the premise. I didn't see the trailer, but I had heard that it was about people that were deaf, and then I knew that it had involved fishing at, at some point. Yeah, I did not um, but, know that the fishing was part of it. Yeah, it was getting a lot of flack. I, like, as soon as it started, like, award season came around, oh my god. The For Coda... fishing? <laughs> no. No, the movie. <laughs> not because it was a fishing movie, but... Um, but because people, a lot of people didn't like it. I feel like it's people are so divided on whether it's cheesy or it's oh, amazing. Yeah. I read a lot yeah. of articles about about that. Like, a lot of yeah. them were, like, the fact that it is cheesy is probably the fact that it actually did as well as it did. Because if it mm -hmm. didn't have all those, like, cheesy, like, cliche things in it, mm -hmm. then, like, the audience wouldn't have related with the characters as much as they did. Mm -hmm. Like, I honestly... I'm gonna say this, and maybe... I don't know. I don't know what your reaction to this is gonna be. But, like... <laughs> I low-key just felt like this was, like, a love Simon for deaf people. Oh, I, I agree. No, I, I, I was understand like, what like you're it saying. Wasn't, it was, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because, like, I honestly was like, okay, yeah. Like, when I got to the end of the movie, I was like, yeah, it's like, a cute movie. Mm -hmm. Like, I can totally see how people enjoyed this. I can also see how people, like, wouldn't like it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, as far as it being, like, a movie for, like, like, I'm glad that it's called Coda. Mm-hmm being children of deaf adults because I was like the movie's definitely centered around the hearing person. Oh <laughs> like, absolutely. Not yeah, the yeah. deaf characters. Oh yeah. Like they're For there sure. and they're represented very well. Yeah. And they took great care to like represent them very well. But I was still like, okay, but like the story doesn't center deaf people. No, yeah. And so I was like a little disappointed with that. Um but yeah, like a lot of articles I read were like it is very cheesy, but that's also probably why it got the reactions that it did. Because, like, not only was it tackling, like, a subject that a lot of people are, like, afraid to, like, tackle and, like, really just, like, think about and, like, be a part of. And so the fact that it was done in a way that was very easily, like, acceptable to people and, like, their mindsets and stuff, it was very sentimental, very nostalgic, like, all of that is very much something that people are used to seeing. Mm -hmm. And that they, like, that makes them feel good, mm -hmm. which is why it worked as well as it did. Right. 
Like, I don't think the general audience would have liked it as much if it wasn't as, like, feel-good as it was. Ooh, that's interesting. That is an interesting point. I don't know about, I don't know how much the feel-good part factors in, but I understand when you, I understood when you said about the Love, Simon thing, because I would definitely say that Love, Simon was, like, um, like, not compartmentalized. What's the right word? Like, it, it was definitely, like, um, I mean, it was about this main character who's gay, and the gay experience is, like, watered down to a form that is digestible for straight people, and I understand that, yeah. I understand this movie to kind of be like, oh, the deaf experience is now digestible for the hearing. Um, yeah. <laughs> the hearing, you know, like, audience. Because, um, like, like Love, f- Simon wasn't bad, and I was uh-huh. like, I'm glad that, like, straight people can watch it and feel like they can, like, relate to it like gay characters <laughs> and I was like like it was cute like definitely like appreciated like some of the like speeches or like monologues in the movie but mm-hmm. yeah like as a whole the movie definitely felt like watered down I was like that's not like everyone's experience and like oh right yeah, yeah. like, like it, I, I like... liked that it brought it into their like I guess like frame their like mindset like it made them actually think about it for once <laughs> Yeah. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, that's nice. So, like, it's like, yes, a win, but also, like, now we, now that we've got this, we need to push the narrative a little bit. You know, we need to yeah. push, push the boundary of what is feel good and what is actually taking a dive into these people, their experiences, and their stories. Right. And that's how I thought about this movie. Yeah. No, I totally feel that. I think the only reason I wouldn't say 100% is it is Love, Simon is because I I got beef with that movie because they do this thing where they're like, Simon is the good gay person and they have like a bad gay person. Do you remember how there's like a person of color? Person? Not like a bad gay person, but there's like a queer character who is not white, who is flamboyant, oh. feminine, da da da. And Simon's like, I don't want to be like that. Do you remember that? I was like, this is fucked up as hell. And then at the end, they kind of have this moment where Simon is like, I could just never be that confident. Like, I could never be like you, da da da, and all this stuff. And I'm like, this is so problematic and like fundamentally, like, they're showing you, like, oh, not even this gay boy wants to be like an act. Like, you know what I mean? And especially yeah, because I, I saw myself in that very, like, outwardly queer person. But I feel like they didn't do that in this movie. Like, they didn't have like a, you know, like they had one sort of unified representation of the deaf experience, yeah, and it wasn't like, yeah. oh, here's like two. You know what I mean? Like, I feel yeah. like Love Simon did not do that nuance well at all. I was so like taken aback. I'm like, like almost convinced that? that Love Simon, like, was Love was Simon directed by queer people? Because I feel like it was. It actually was. Um, I think he's a gay man, but it was crazy. I know. He must be white though. He is. Yeah. He is. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah, is so no, crazy. Yeah, because I think the queer character, he, like, gets bullied very openly. And Simon's like, how do you do that? Like, you just get bullied all the time? And I was like... <laughs> yeah, he's bitch. like, you're so brave. I can't that you, like, just put up with these, like, horrible I... people all the time. And they're like, okay, well, it's not like you've ever done anything about it. Like, that's literally something yes. the character says to him. Yeah. Which I was like, good. Yeah. And I was like, so that it was really problematic. But then I feel like Coda did not do that same thing. But I yeah. understand what you're saying. Like, I can totally see... Yeah, Coda see... is a better... It's like, yeah. <laughs> but like in the same realm. <laughs> definitely, yeah. Definitely in the same realm. Um, it's kind of like how Green very Book, simple. Like, got a bunch of acclaim. I still haven't seen it. Ugh. Honestly, okay, it's literally the same problem. Really? Like, they're like, oh yeah, like it's like racism cool for because, dummies. Yeah, like racism for dummies, but it's 
definitely centered like the white person and it's definitely a white savior movie. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. But I guess yeah. we gotta have these before <laughs> we get good stuff. Actual we get good the stuff. Good ones. Um, yeah, honestly, so I really did like Coda. I was determined to hate it, I won't lie. Um, really? Yeah, I went into it like, fuck this movie, because my, this bitch- Because of all the acclaim? Yeah, and yeah, just because, just because I knew the premise and I heard all the, the reviews, and I'm sorry, but I'm team power of the dog for life, I was like, ain't <laughs> no way. Like, and I'm still upset, I cannot believe Coda was the one that won, like, that's so fucked up, but, um. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that one. <laughs> Yeah, and I heard well, I guess we just said, went over why it won. Yeah, <laughs> probably why it won. Yeah, I think so. Um, and I, I, I normally don't like cheesy movies like that. I don't like rom, not rom. Yeah, I don't like rom coms, but I don't really like feel good. I don't really watch those kinds of movies. But I don't know what it was about this movie. It was just so like I just like it's lost that it myself does in the, it. Yeah, it does the heartwarming thing like really, really well. well. Yeah, like, really well. Like you do find yeah. yourself sitting there, you're just like, oh my gosh, and then you're like. Oh, oh my gosh it's beautiful (laughs) and you're like and the movie ends and you're like no (laughs) did they just (laughs) he got me to feel something (laughs) no way yeah because if you like i'm not gonna lie that scene at the end when she's singing in her audition and she's like signing for her family and they like snuck up to see her and i was like oh my god that's so cute I know, yeah. Yeah, because there's nothing extraordinary about, like, the camera work or about, I don't know, the set design. Like, all that kind of stuff. The characters even themselves were, like, their relationship with the guy was really, like, it wasn't developed very well. Um, Yeah, like, honestly, just the the core family. Like, Like, I would say that not even, like, the family individually as, like, each family member, but, like, it was literally the main character as a character, and then the family was a singular character. <laughs> but mm. that dynamic was so well-developed. Like, how mm. she interacts with her family as a whole. Yeah. And you know what? I think, well, I, I, almost, I don't even know if I want to give them that credit, but they mention it in the movie where she's like, it feels like it's me and then all of you guys. Yeah. But then even with their, like, individual characters, like, you still got the sense of, like, each person. Yeah. And so they weren't just, like, existing there as, like, oh, yeah, this is the deaf person. Like, they they all had their own distinct voices and, you know, their jokes and how they reacted to things. Like, it was so interesting, I want to say, just, like, as, like, the family dynamic. And that is one of the things they did really well because a lot of times when you have like the coming of age movie mm-hmm. it's really just like the main character they have like one mentor that might be a part yes. of the family yeah. and then they're like love interest or whatever and so it was interesting yeah. that there were multiple uh like voices in the family and then as a family they all kind of existed as a singular character which was interesting 
Okay, I'm so glad you said that. I didn't know if I was, like, brainwashed into thinking that, like, the interpersonal relationships were all good, but I, I totally agree. Like, I definitely think that in most of those sort of coming-of-age movies, they, like, pick one. They'll do, like, a yeah. daughter and the mom, or a daughter and the dad, or a daughter and the brother, or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but or yeah, they don't they do, have like, parents, it's just the aunt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or, or yeah, or, like, the, <laughs> the two friends, or, like, the two or friends. Or the teacher. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly, like, Edge of Seventeen, like, they all kind of, they just pick one, and but this one, yeah. they had, like, a lot. They had all of them. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and it wasn't bad, I thought it was really good. I yeah, wish, I, I do wish really that they did it. more with the brother, but that's my only... Me too. Yeah, because they were hinting at it, that he was going to snap at some point, but then nothing really happened. He snaps, and then they go back to normal, and I was like, oh, that would have been so rich and good for him to, yeah, like, there could have been so tell much off stuff. the parents, or, yeah, that would have been so good, yeah. but that's the only drawback. I was like, everything else was amazing, I thought. Yeah. It was really fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's definitely, like, a bunch of scenes that I would remember forever. <laughs> Like what? <laughs> like, like for instance, I probably will never forget when they're sitting at the table and she's listening to music, and her mom's like, "Stop listening to music at the table; it's rude." And she's like, "So you guys can like go on Tinder, but I can't listen to music." And she goes, "Yes, but Tinder is something we can do as a family." <laughs> that was so I was like, that cute. Is so funny. That was so good to, like, get a a feel of the family. Like, that was so (laughs) funny that they, like, that he asks their opinions and stuff. I think, honestly, that was really interesting, too, because um, that was, like, an issue for for her and and between her and the love interest. But um, the fact that he's like, oh, your your family, like, loves each other. Like, you guys have such a, like, a nice family and a good dynamic and all that stuff. And it's so true, like, I don't know. So often you see, like, these, like, you know, shitty families. Broken and families. Yes. Yeah. But I was like, it's so cute that they do all love and care for each other. Even though it's not perfect all the time. Like, yeah. you still see them, like, get along and how close they are. It's yeah. so cute. Like, the fact that her family, like, showed up to her, her um, like, concert. Knowing that, like, none of it would be accessible to any of them, like, at all. And I love how they filmed it. Like, that scene. I'm so glad that it wasn't just, like for hearing people like they actually did close-ups on people's reactions there was no sound and they like showed each of the characters in the family like reacting to other people's reactions in the audience because that's all they could have gauged and so like i'm so glad that we actually didn't actually like see or hear her performance (laughs) (laughs) and that they were like you know just kind of talking about like random things they're like do you want like what do you want for dinner (laughs) they're like um i can go for this and they're like okay i'll have to stop by the store and i was like no like that's so accurate like what else would be keeping them engaged there's nothing Mm -hmm. there for them and i was like i'm so glad that they actually like leaned into that with that scene and they didn't just like they weren't just like look her family's in the audience and then she like does her performance mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i also liked the scene um because they they make it clear that her dad is attuned to like vibrations when it comes to music and how he likes gangster rap because of the bass and so it was really nice after the performance when she has the one-on-one with her dad and he's like can you sing it for me and <gasps> she sings emo. it and he feels her like vocal cords as she as she sings and i was like that's actually amazing that was <laughs> like, that, a, was, that gorgeous. was amazing yeah yeah like they just they were able to show like the the closeness and just like the familiarity i'm like imagine being that like 
wow imagine your father touching you that's crazy like that wow <laughs> they were really they're really just that close like it's so cute yeah i also appreciate that like in the oscars when they did win the oscars that they won that like the audience that knew the sign language for applause applauded in silence oh they did the handshake yeah yeah, yeah congrats like, to him for winning <laughs> yeah and I love that they never cut away from him when he was doing his speech. What do you mean cut like, away? Like, oftentimes when people are giving their speeches, if they're, like, saying something, they'll, like, like or, like, if they mention someone, they'll cut to, like, the audience, like, for, like, a reaction or something. Oh. And I was like, they can't do that because he's signing. So if they <laughs> do that, I'm going to be pissed. And they <laughs> yeah, didn't. didn't and it was them. great. And I was like, thank God. We didn't miss a single moment of his speech. Mm-hmm. Like, thank goodness for having someone that's aware because, like, that's something that, like, a lot of people would never think of. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're just like, oh, yeah, do the thing that we normally do where, like, he's saying a thing and then we, like, cut to, like, his family because they're in the audience or whatever. And I was yeah. like, no, we're going to miss his, like, moment. <laughs> we're going to yeah. miss everything he's saying. So that was nice. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, I watched, I only watched that part. I didn't watch much of the Oscars, but I did watch the speech and it was really. Yeah, that part Loki was like I could have cried. No, literally, I was yeah. Like, oh my god, wait, this is a beautiful moment. I know <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah, so I I really did like this movie. I mean, oh, it is not my Oscar winner. I'm so sorry, it's not. But it was good. I would recommend yeah. people watch it. I'd I didn't watch it. it on Apple, but you could. I'd probably watch it again. Yeah, I think so too. I think I would too. Yeah. Yeah. We could do Fuck Mary Friend Zone, but I actually don't know how many guys are in this. The brother, oh, he was Loki. Delish. Really? Yes. I oh. did not think that. I really? did not like any of oh. I did not. None of the men in this movie were aesthetically pleasing to me. The boyfriend? No. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the, who else? None the dad? I didn't like any of them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and the brother, their teacher? Yeah, no, not the teacher. Okay, we don't have I to know, do the that. girl was like, oh my god, your brother's so hot. And I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> Solidarity with that girl. <laughs> yeah, I felt that, honestly. I Yeah, I didn't. But yeah, I don't think we really can do Fuck Mary Friends on. Yeah, we can just skip it. We have enough other stuff. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> We've got um, plenty. Yeah, we got content. Um, What do you think? Oh, the big knife. Uh-huh. So this one was really, 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 um, this one had a lot of female involvement behind the scenes. So writer yeah. and director, both women, um, cinematographer was a woman, production designer, actually there were multiple, but they included women, um, sound included women, costumes and makeup included women. And so the only categories that we look at that did not have any women were the editor and composer. So seven out of nine. Wow. Nice. It's crazy. Nice. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty wonderful. good. Yeah. <sighs> so, what would you rate this movie? Oscar winner 2022. I'd give it like a seven. Solid. Yeah. I was thinking like eight. Yeah. 
Only it's seven because I don't like fishing. Like I think it's gross, and I was like, "There's so much fishing in this movie." <laughs> I actually did like. Otherwise, that. I'd give it. I an love eight. fishing. Yeah, I loved it. I was like, I don't, I don't like the fishing part. I thought it was but so like literally any movie that has like fishing in it, I'm just like not. I'm not down. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't like star. fishing. I don't know what it is. That's so funny. I like it. But no, the story was really good. I would recommend yeah. it. I'd watch it again. The acting was good. Me too. I it, like it wasn't like significant mm-hmm. as far as like the like shots or anything or like editing, which is probably why I wouldn't give it like mm-hmm. you know more than eight. The story yeah, was fine. Definitely. I don't think like, should have went up that, but the screenplay I don't think it was that good. Me either, bro. Ugh. But I don't know. Crimes Again, maybe, against humanity. Maybe maybe it's what it was adapted from. That is the. the I would like to see it. The winning factor here. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> I can't even imagine. Yeah, can't believe one against Dune. I love Dune. God damn, dude. Yeah, Dune was really drive cool. my car. I'm like, I'm like incredulous. What the fuck? It. Oh, no. oh I keep thinking about that tweet. Um, <laughs> there's so okay, many do you have... funny tweets from those Oscars. There were honestly. Like, what yes. was the one? Like Rami Malek does like a. I should you post on, it. on our on our Instagram post. They were so funny. The <laughs> the one that was like, um, he's looking at me through my screen. <laughs> yeah, like I feel like he's looking at me. Like I can't explain it, but he's watching me through my screen. <laughs> I didn't even Malik know he was there because <laughs> he was in No Time to Die or what? I think so. Okay, I think that was why he was there. Like he presented. Know. But oh, yeah, okay. I was like, I love Rami Malek. Yeah, he's cool. There were a lot like, of Like, I tweets. think, like, he's visually beautiful. Oh. Oh, that's your type? We finally I don't really have, have that much your of a type. type. But, like, he's <laughs> but if he did, Rami Mag would be it. Interesting. <laughs> okay, I'll remember that. We should do a movie with him in it. <laughs> he's not in many. <laughs> he, yeah, he's really not. <laughs> what are we going to do? <laughs> Mr. We can't do we can't do the 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 ridiculously sexist uh, franchise that he is a part of. Which one? The Bond franchise. Oh, I wouldn't say that. That's like his. <laughs> and the movies. Yeah, no, no. I just meant like we can't really review any of those movies. Like one, oh, yeah. we would rip them apart. What about Two, what's that one he did with Bry Larson? I have no idea. Half. Nine, nine, district, not district. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I'm like we probably would never quo. do. Oh, oh my gosh, he was in that. Oh, it's a, it's not a woman though. We couldn't do the Twilight ones because those, well, he's barely in those. Yeah, I was like he's barely in those. The ones he was in wasn't directed by a woman. I was like technically Christian Stewart was the lead character, but also like, was she though? <laughs> right. Like as soon as they switched directors, like she no longer was the main character. Um what he was in Need for Speed. Also he definitely was? had no woman involved in that one. So next year, this is a non sequitur, but next year we should do like who we want to win the Oscars and who is going to win the Oscars predictions. Ooh, yeah, we should. <laughs> we should totally. Yeah. 
that's so different. My ballot, if it, we were doing Who You Want, I would have been like Kristen Stewart, Andrew Garfield, fucking. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. I don't know. And Andrew Garfield. Power Dog for everything. Dune for everything. Yeah. <laughs> Dune for everything. <laughs> Anyhow. I'm still surprised <laughs> that Don't Look Up, like, like, I really thought that Oscars, like, voters, people that do that, like, would have loved that movie. Like, that really seemed like an Oscar bait movie to me, and I'm so surprised. They normally love, like, satirical, like, white people shit, you know? And I was, like, interesting that they didn't actually give that one more, because I would have thought that they would. But I'm also glad that they didn't. <laughs> like, Genius I'm extremely grateful that they did yeah. not actually give that movie that much acclaim. <sighs> yeah. Like, it wasn't you- horrible. It's just, like, I don't... You know the bitches on Twitter would have been nonstop about, oh my god, climate change. Somehow, which, I don't know how people... Like, literally, if I had never seen a movie, I'd be like, oh, it's about climate change. It's literally about a fucking meteor hitting the Earth. But you wouldn't <laughs> know from the way people talk about it. Yeah, like, I, I can see the climate change metaphor. And the movie is significantly better if you look at it through that lens. <laughs> I think it's better without it. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> I but, feel like it's it's cool if you just think about it like a movie can hurt. Like it was a really good satire of just like people and how they react to things. But it was I also long, was though. like it was pretty whitewashed as well. Yes. <laughs> but surely yes. Okay, do you have recommendations for Coda? Love Simon. <laughs> oh, you know what? You're right actually. Yeah. Happy you you would love Love Simon if you liked Coda. You love true. Love Simon. You love Happiest Season. <laughs> um, um, there was another one that I was thinking, and I can't remember. You would love the half of it too, actually. Yeah, but that I one's agree. just actively wonderful. <laughs> I would say Edge of Seventeen too. I think I recommended Ooh. that one before, but I yeah. really like that one. That's like the best coming of age I've ever seen. But I feel like it it's it's got like a spunky lead girl. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of similar. Yeah. Oh, you'd probably like Begin Again. I've never seen it. Yeah, you have. Oh, I have? Yeah, we we recorded it once. The one oh, with the... that one? Yeah. Oh, you're right. That's a good Where, one, Where, like, yeah. it's not a love story, but it's like a... I love that movie. I really do actually like that movie a lot. God, that was like two years ago. Wow. Such a feel-good movie without any love story. And I so here for it so here for it it's all about music yeah so kind of like, like Coda yeah yeah and it's pretty Mark Ruffalo and Kate Winslet Kate Winslet lol not Kate Winslet Kira <laughs> <Keira> Knightley, Knightley. <laughs> <laughs> oh the same girl that's in Edge of Seventeen plays Mark Ruffalo's daughter in that movie too there you go no way yeah she plays Whoa. the, the Haley Steinfeld she play guitar she play guitar in a song you got oh, pitch perfect cool. edge of 17 and begin again. <laughs> and that's it. So like universe I'm dead. <laughs> What's funny is that like I keep seeing people that I recognize from like TV and Haley Steinfeld is like one of the only people that I don't know from TV first. Like I knew her from her movies even though she was a singer-songwriter before, which is kind of interesting. 
Oh, you but didn't like, know her songs? I knew her songs. I had no idea who the heck she was. And then I was like, <gasps> she acted. And I was like, honestly, I know she's a better actor than she was a singer. I agree with show. you. I agree with you. Yeah. I knew her as a singer. And when I was like, oh my God, Edge of 17 is going to suck. She's so good. She's, she's like a really good amazing. actress. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. But like yeah. the, the girl that played the lead in Coda, I, the first time I had seen her actually was from the Netflix show uh, Lock and Key. And then the one that played their mom, I'd seen her before too. And I honestly, she was the reason I wanted to watch the movie too, was because I had seen her. She plays a character um, in the show The Magicians, which mm. is also all the seasons are on Netflix, which I 100% would recommend just as a show. I think it's amazing. Um, but she plays a character. Uh, and I just remember specifically they do such a cool scene where they do um, like scenes from her perspective. And so, of course, with the sound editing, you can only hear anything that's really like bassy. Mm-hmm. Like, and you, they edit it so that you can really just like feel the like vibrations of like anything that's really bassy that you could like mm-hmm. actually feel in real life. And it was just so interesting that I was like, that's so cool how they did that. And like, she would sign and, um, I thought it was cool because they did a similar thing in that show that they did in The Dragon Prince. They have an animated deaf character. Um, she's deaf, and when she signs, she there's a character that's specifically her translator, but if her translator's not there, she will still sign, but they mm. won't translate it for the audience. Mm, that's interesting. Right? Yeah. It's just untranslated? Like, Whoa. Yeah, and I was like, honestly, that's kind of awesome because, like, we should be better at that <laughs> collectively, <laughs> just as a society. Yeah. Oh, well, I guess that's it. Yeah. Nice. All right. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Um, hope you guys go and watch Coda and some of the recommendations that we gave you and. I hope you have a great, great and wonderful rest of whatever time it is for you. Day, night, week, month, year, life. And we hope you come back for the next one. <laughs> um, you can follow us on Instagram at Feminine Podcast um, or on TikTok, same at. And yeah, we definitely love hearing from you guys. I know there's been people that have dm'd us sometimes and it's very fun to uh, communicate with y'all and yeah please do it more often thanks (laughs) (laughs) bye bye